Welcome to Booze and Cartoons, a show where we drink adult beverages and watch kids' cartoons. I'm Eric Pullman. And I'm Courtney Pullman, his wife. And this week we watched the Star vs. the Forces of Evil movie. It was so great. It was so good. We just watched it again, in fact. Yeah, because we had to watch it. Because we had to watch it again. Because Courtney fell asleep. Because someone fell asleep. We're not going to name names. But it was Courtney. But the only person who can fall asleep in a chair in the living room... (laughs) Is the person that fell asleep at that time. <laughs> Which was Courtney. Yep. Courtney with the beard. That's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my nickname is Courtney with the beard. <laughs> yes. Anyways. Moving on to how great that was. It oh my was God. so good. It, had, it was better than it had any right to be. And it had a lot of right to be good. <laughs> it covered so many i feel heavy things so many heavy things i'm not even gonna begin but they also kept their humor throughout that i oh my god we should get married like that was literally <laughs> was that what you were thinking too that's what i was thinking and they did it in a way a lot of shows will when they have their big serious episode every character will be different they will change entirely if it was a funny character it's now a serious character and it loses so this movie was so good and so just badass without losing each character's identity. I feel like it really enhanced everyone's identities. We had talked about in season two's analysis that Ludo was really struggling with this idea of finding his place in the world as a projection from his family life where he was the runt, little, belittled, terrible, bad-treated, and... In this movie, he spends the whole thing trying to do anything. And to his emphasis is, I'm going to do this on my own. He wants yep. to write his own chapter in the book because I'm important. Yep. And that's Ludo. And it's him throughout. And it's it's just wonderfully done. It is. Oh, and that's just Ludo's part. Yeah. I mean, Star stays Star, right? She did all of her growing in season two. And in, in this movie, she's still... Let's go fight him. Let's go fight him. Let's That's go her, find him. And her she's entire still... plan. No real plan. And there's even a part where she says, like, I don't have a plan. I was lying. Yeah, I just want to go fight him. It's yep. going to work. It's going to be fine. I beat him last time, so I could beat him again. Let's go fight him. Exactly. Oh, so good. Marco's kind of really a small side character. He was. I mean, he played a big role for a short part. Him and King and, Butterfly got to bond a little bit. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like... Marco, like you said in uh, our last episode, like they can't have a movie without Marco. And I feel like the writers agreed. Because <laughs> he really... And I love Marco. I also love Marco. And he had like a couple big moments, but... Not a ton of growth. I mean, it showed again that Star is very, very important to him as well. Yep. That he's... I mean, the whole movie starts with him mourning the loss and... He goes to Muni to give her a box of cereal and stays throughout. And when yeah. she's gone, he punches through a man. He just, yeah. A lizard man. A lizard man. So he grows, he grows back his chest. The lizard man does, not Marco. Yes. Yeah, so Marco was there. He gets to spend some time with some Muni hipsters. Um, Robert? Is his name Robert? The Rebellion. Yeah. And then, uh, That's Fool, not the guy's name. Fool Duke. And then another guy. That was also a hipster mime guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, the mime. And whatever. They go around. They do things. I wasn't particularly interested in that part. Which, I mean, I feel like I should have, but 
Because eh. they didn't accomplish anything, right? Because then he is about to free... It's really, honestly, a part of King River's arc, I feel. Yeah. Where, like, Marco comes in, he tries to give him this key, he says, all right, cool, I saved you, excellent. And he's like, no, like, I'm going to get levitatoed or whatever. Levitatoed. Levitatoed. I remember because it sounds like a potato. A potato. (laughs) Potato, whatever. Potato, potato. It sounds levitato, levitato. Anyway, so, yeah, and then he gets shot into outer space by Ludo. Yeah. Because he, Ludo learned one spell in his time with the spell book, and that was Levitato, which is basically Wingardium Leviosa, <laughs> where he gets to move stuff around, and he is so proud that he uses it for everything, and he actually gets really good with it, so he uses it to just throw people into space now. Like, yes. He throws a children's choir into space. And I feel like you want to talk more about King River's arc. Oh, you know I do, baby. I feel like you guys can relate a lot. Yeah, so... King River is, oh god, I just love the whole, like, Mumin society because it is matriarchal. Like, he became king because he married the queen, and he still has no power. So, like, the queen leaves and everyone's like, fuck you. Like, where's the queen? Bring back the queen. We love the queen. He has this part where he uh, was like, well, I know how long they're going to be gone because uh, Moon, my wife, uh, packs me clothes so i know what to wear and they pan over and it's just like closets like a giant closet full of clothes so it's like she might not be back for a while and her only instruction was to uh keep the city the morale up to keep the morale up and he thought that meant just party all day every just in the castle not with any of the peasants (laughs) yeah peasants so he wakes up Says, let's revel! And they do. They revel in the party. This goes on for three days. <laughs> and by the end, like, nothing's good. That's when Marco shows up and the king realizes he's in over his head. And they it. find, like, their whole inner strength with just being regular people, which is yeah. cool. Because he, <laughs> he taunted a monster and then the monster started, like, a Godzilla-esque monster. With uh, Donald Trump toupee, started terrorizing the town, and he just started weeping essentially because it was all his fault and he couldn't get rid of it. And Marco probably said something inspirational. I can't remember because again, Marco is just a side thought in this movie. But poor Marco, poor Marco. We love him anyways, though. We sure do. And so the king rallies around that. He rallies the townsfolk who hate him. Like he appears on the balcony and he gets corn smacked in his face and he rallies the townsfolk and so they band together and he uses his hunting prowess to find the monster sort of he licks the ground he sees a uh he sees a giant footprint he goes the monster must be close and the monster's story's tall so marco's like he's right there like there's the monster so they confront the monster and He's like, go away. He's like, what? Go, go away. Uh, you called me here. Like, he's like, no, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah. You looked at me and you went, come here, making the like opposite arm gesture. He's like, no, I said, go away. And they have this big long argument. Fun fact: the go away hand gesture looks exactly the same as the come here hand gesture. <laughs> yeah. So they get confused. 
And the monster's like, oh, I don't even want to be here. You invited me here, so I'm here. And then he's like, oh, fine, whatever, and leaves. And then the whole town loves him for ridding them of this monster. And it's just wonderful. Yes. My favorite part. My favorite part. Again, like, we talk about, like, the parental relationships. Mm-hmm. I love that King River is just devastated that she's gone. Yeah. I know that's really probably messed up to say, but we saw in season two, I believe, where... Moon kicks him out every once in a while when he gets like too rowdy. So the fact that he is like so devoted to her, like looking at her weird face and dent in the pillow and being like, oh man, she's gone again. Like, oh darn it. Like I completely yeah. lost without her and just sad and sad and partying to, to fill the void. If you get a glimpse into, I don't want to say the courting process, uh, Moon was a teenager. Wait, wait, wait. That's a whole new thing, right? Whole new thing? Are we not moving on? No, we're moving on. Okay, so that's like the King River chunk. Yep. Now we're talking about the huge like bomb that we found yeah. with Queen Moon. One one last thing about Go ahead. About King River is is um so he gets levitatoed, as we mentioned. He's like, just do it, levitato me, and he gets thrown into the sky, and at the very end of the movie, everyone who gets levitatoed into the sky gets brought back by giant eagles, the Eagle Kingdom. And um, <laughs> he gets back, and he's like, we were rescued by eagles. They too may be their king. <laughs> and it's just like a testament to like just this guy's dumb luck. Because <laughs> they made a point, as we will now talk about, of... Like showing that Queen Moon had a better suitor, just a more handsome, more dashing, <laughs> taller than her, taller than her, more importantly, suitor. And nope, King River got got it done just by being there, just by being just him. by being there, yeah, being his usual charismatic self. But yeah, so Queen Moon's time in the in the sun is really she she confides in Star. Right? Like, shit is going down. The High Council is, by all accounts, useless. Uh, Lechman is dead. Dead. Never coming yeah. back dead. Confirmed dead. Confirmed Mega dead. I'm going to say dead again. Was because he he's dead? Did he die there? Double dead. He doubly died. Died twice. He doubly died. And so, Queen Moon is just panicking, trying to keep Star safe. And Star's like, well, what the hell? Like, you're in your freaking, like, warrior business clothes. Like, what happened to cool queen warrior mom? And she's like, I never was. Like, I was a kid your age when when Toffee killed my mother. And it was like, oh. right? Oh. So then can we... I, can I say the star line? Yeah. <laughs> so after the bombshell drops of um, Toffee killed my mother, Star says, I thought Grandma went... To live on a grandma farm up, upstate. No, that I added that. I thought grandma went to live on a grandma farm with other grandmas. Yeah, I'm just talking about <laughs> just grandma things. Every excuse that parents give to their children, but usually about dogs. <laughs> about their no longer living grandma. Yes. So then it flashes back to Queen Moon as a young star-aged person um freshly like a week after as um oh gosh warrior mimi or whatever her name is mm-hmm. um her how she put it her, toffee put her in a wooden nighty 
It's Tell me with your mama in a wooden nighty. Shades down in fun town or something like that. Oh, just not nah, just tactless. Yeah, Put her tactless, on ice. Tactless Queen Moon's mom yep. was supposed to go and like negotiate a peace treaty. The monsters turned on her, killed her, and now young teenage Queen Moon is now queen. And she has a suitor, as Eric mentioned earlier, that's this handsome, like, hair-blowing-in-the-wind guy. And he's just like, oh, I can tell that you're mourning. And I'm just going to open doors for you, and I'm going to let you mourn and, and sit with your emotions. He, and- for all you nerds out there, he's voiced by Travis Willingham. Who he's so dreamy. <laughs> yeah, Travis. Travis is really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho... Um, yeah, so he's, oh, yeah, sit with your emotions, girl. I know you need time to grieve. I know you can't make decisions because you're so emotional. Like, just every white knight guy that any girl has ever had to deal with, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you're so great and so wonderful, and I'm just going to let you deal with your emotions. You can't make decisions. And um that's when you get introduced to Tiny King River, who's not a king, or just a kind of a random dude around the table, and he's like, maybe we should let Maybe just make some decisions. And um, so Queen Moon, very young, decides that she's going to make a deal with Queen Eclipsa, who's trapped in crystal at that point, mm-hmm. um, to figure out a spell that will kill Toffee. And Queen Eclipsa's like, sure, I'll totally give you the spell, but it's going to take a contract. It's going to cost you. And once your foe is dead, I'm going, I want my freedom. And they make this pact, they do it, and I believe that Queen Moon's plan was beautiful in the fact that she was like, you know what, instead of hitting him through the heart like Queen Eclipsa said and killing him, I'm going to just have this big show of force. She goes into the monster camp, super lizard man, toffee general, just let me finish my thing, Yep, is in there and she's like, yep. I'm sitting here. I'm having dinner. Show me your general. Show a force. She shows him that she has a magic spell that he can be hurt and not regenerate, right? Because he's like a lizard gecko guy that if parts of him fall off, if his heart gets punched out, he can reform it. No problem in seconds. And that's been the real problem with fighting the lizard people. So she shows him by moving her wand towards his hand cutting off a finger it doesn't regenerate the monsters scatter she doesn't have to choose anymore between a peace treaty or a war she has shown them that she's powerful and she's shown the high council that she's powerful and that's how at like in her early teens she was able to regain control of this kingdom please go eric with your theory on that well first of all let's preface the whole thing what my wife just said um, by saying that she made the deal with Eclipsa and the the deal was once you kill your foe yeah that I will be released it w- so she couldn't kill the foe yep because she would be released my theory we just think that it happened a little bit differently um, because she was she went there to kill Toffee she didn't go there with the idea in my mind I think she did. Um, but I believe that uh, she went with the intention of killing Toffee because when she first starts the spell, she's aiming it right at his heart. 
at the last second, she moves it slightly. It, the beam shoots out, cuts off his finger, and the rest is how my wife described it. It can't grow back, and the the monsters scatter. So, I mean, it's not a big deal who's right, even though I'm right. But I don't think her initial plan was to cut off his finger, because I think it was just... She might have like seen the opportunity when Toffee put up his hand and taken it, but her initial plan was to kill him. I disagree because the, usually the show has these subtle hints at with facial expression and things like that. And there was, I feel, nothing that indicated that her facial expression showed uncertainty. I feel like she knew that the dual goal was to show Toffee that she had this spell and to disperse and and save the kingdom, mm-hmm. but also that she did not want Queen Eclipsa released because what they know about Queen Eclipsa that we don't know yet is that Queen Eclipsa is this dangerous, monster-loving, bad lady who has a chapter of the, the spell book that is just dangerous. Like, they yeah. did not even want to show Star because, ooh, it might corrupt her. We... Like, made a point to say, or my wife said, Courtney, hi. Hi. <laughs> she made a point to say that we didn't even get into Queen Eclipsa, so we hinted at it because there's just so much to her. Like, given what we've seen and what we've been told in the episodes, is that she is evil. She's bad and her chapter is forbidden, but we've also been taught that monsters were bad and we've learned that they really aren't. And even in the movie, there's a really cool scene where uh, Moon plays a board game with Buffrog and the board game is the, a monster defending his home from these evil humans who will sharpen their teeth and eat their babies. And Moon's like, that's ridiculous. Like, monsters eat babies. And it's like, why? why? Like, why do you think that? And she's like, well, I played this game when I was a kid called Defend the Castle, where you had to defend the castle that held your babies from the monsters. And it's funny because they're playing the opposite of that game for the monsters. And so you find out that, like, they don't know a whole lot about the other side. And I, my personal belief is that uh, Eclipsa isn't evil like she got into some dark stuff like that's clear she has like rotting veins in her arms and um but i think she was just like the first person to think outside the box and to like really dive into the motives behind monsters and who they are and what they are and well and spoiler alert they kill toffee by the end yeah star does directly by being awesome Mm -hmm. and queen eclipsa is released she gets her freedom because Toffee's dead, according to the original contract between her and Queen Moon. And that's where the movie ends. Mm. Eric says, oh yeah, she was probably no big deal. I'm thinking that while this is a really awesome introduction to season three, but also that she's probably fucking pissed. Yeah. She's been encased in crystal forever. As she said, like, I want to be able to get my own chocolate. I want to be able to get my own thing. And people who have watched the movie would know that being trapped in crystal, like her, her simple desire to get her own chocolate out of their little queen vending machine is so impactful because she was completely and totally her prison, like the prisoner to mm. everybody 
unable to do anything. And I feel like that comment that I want to get my own chocolate, maybe even the little mini muffins on the bottom, (laughs) is suggesting that several queens have gone to her and asked for contracts and asked for advice. And I feel like she's been unfrozen and frozen in crystal several times. And I think that she's fucking tired of it. And I think that by the time she's released, it's going to be insane. That would... Okay, that would make a lot of sense, especially like the promise made between queens is more powerful than any magic is a line that Eclipsa says, and if she had never made a pact with another queen before, how would she know that? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. You're getting me thinking, baby. I'm so smart, Got right? my thinking juices flowing. Gross. Yeah. What else? What else? I feel like we were moving backwards. We're like, remember how it ended? Wasn't that great? Oh, and then it began. Yeah, that... And Marco was sad at the beginning. Marco was super sad at the beginning. I'm just really super stoked about season three. Season three is going to be awesome. I'm so glad that they got rid of Toffee because I hated him. Yeah. And he's dead. Like, because dead. the agreement the agreement was not like, if you cast the spell, I get free. It was, once you kill your foe, I will be released. And so he dies and um, Eclipsa is released. It starts to, you don't know if she's released. I mean, her crystal just starts to crack a little bit and then it cuts away. Is she released? Is she not? She's released. She's definitely released. And the cool thing about that is that the show, obviously Toffee was going to get old, right? Like yeah. he peaked. He is the, he was the most powerful that he will ever be. I mean, he's a lizard man. Like let's not, Take away, like he happened to come across the magic when the wand got busted. Yeah. But he is a lizard man. He peaked, and it's great that he's over now mm. because we he can't. Gotten old pretty fast. Yeah, we can't keep going on season after season with just Toffee being the bad guy. Like, again, since season two started, it feels like every episode was important leading up to something and now it's peaked and now we have this new beginning with queen eclipsa being maybe the bad guy yeah like definitely a bump in the road right Mm. and i'm just excited to see where that goes yeah in episode one of our show uh i mentioned that the darren nefsey yes i say that right yes uh, the uh creator writer of the show drew a lot of inspiration from sailor moon and when Star comes back, uh, first of all, Star left. <laughs> we don't need to recap. They're going to watch the show themselves. You better watch the movie. You need to you. watch the movie, yes. Yeah. And so, so Star comes back, and she comes back in just a very reminiscent Sailor Moon feel. Like, she's got, like, the ribbons around her that, like, make up her new attire. She, like kind of flies up in the air, grabs her wand. It's very, very cool, and it has its own flair on it And because she actually transforms. She doesn't just change clothes. Like She, she now has is, several arms She now. has six arms now, and she's like glowing, and she got horns or antenna? They her, look like horns. Her, like, she's always wearing these little horn, like, like headband things, yeah. and those grow. Okay, and then she just obliterates Toffee. Obliterates my favorite. It's just the like her voice is changing. Yeah. And like it's this deep, terrible, like whatever. And she's like, hey, mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then her mom's like, well, hey, sir. And she's like, where's Toffee? 
And it's just it's just perfect. Yeah. It's just very star esque. Well, and it's cool because Star doesn't kill Toffee. <laughs> so Toffee comes back first. Oh, the Ludo arc, my favorite. He pukes up Ludo. Ludo looks up at Toffee and goes, Did I have any part in this? Did I do anything? Which is great because that could have gone one of two ways, right? Either he's saying, I wanted a role in this. Did I have a part? Tell me that I was important. Or he's saying, oh my God, I've created this monster. Bad things are happening. Tell me that I didn't have any part in this. And then Toffee looks at him and just goes, no. And Ludo is destroyed. And you can tell just by the the reaction that Ludo had that he was hoping that he had any role. Was instrumental. That he was important. He thought that he was that... He did this. He did everything. It was, yeah. He thought that it was his choice, his power, his everything, his hard work. I mean, in season two, when he did his speech about how hard work brought him here, he finds out in that moment that it was Toffee all along. And it is gut-wrenching. Yeah. So, Star comes back, just blasts the shit out of Toffee. And he... After that, like, he still isn't dead. He becomes his, like, muck, and you see his, like, skeleton. One eye is, like, falling out. He's crawling towards uh, the butterflies, and he's just, like, saying, like, this is not how it ends. You do not, like, decide the future. I am the only one who knows what's going to happen. I run everything. I am just this almighty puppet master. And then he gets crushed by a pillar. And it was Ludo. And Ludo's, oh, God, what was the exact line? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. He said something. Toffee said something. It was something along the lines of, like... It's not over or something like that, or I decide when it's over. I'm the only one who knows, or something like that. He's like, I'm the only one who knows, and he crushed them. He's like, I knows that you did, or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. It was just so perfect. Now how big are you? You're dead. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know, I'm not going to say that Ludo's going to be good in season three, but he crushes Toffee and then looks for approval, and it's like, huh? You see that? You see what I just did? You see the thing I did? Super great. I don't think that Ludo, this is theory time again, I don't think that Ludo is going to suddenly like join the good side like Buff Frog did. I think that Ludo is just very emotionally damaged. Yeah. And for the show to continue with that, I think that they need to address that, that he's an emotionally damaged young man. And I think that for him, maybe the next step is going home to his family. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, developing his own like, emotional growth i would watch the shit out of a ludo recovery arc right (laughs) i I shouldn't i shouldn't want that out of this children's television show that we've been binging for the last month (laughs) but but that's what we want right we just want ludo to be okay right i don't want him to be a good guy or a bad guy i just want him to be okay like i'm just i'm just want him to be okay with himself man you okay you okay, Ludo? You okay, kid? You're good. You got some things going on. So I don't I don't think that he's necessarily going to join the butterflies. I think that his goal is still going to be important, but I don't think that mm-hmm. he's going to get it from being bad well, or from have, being a pest anymore. We have learned that Ludo's character is, he wants to be on top. So I think there will be a new goal for him, but it's still going to be, like this is another one of his falls. He has lost everything again. He learned that he got most of it from toffee anyways that i think there's going to be another i want to get back 
I just hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. You know, Ludo, if you're confidence listening. comes from inside. Yeah, like, you know, I just, I just want to help, man. I just, I have so many tools, so many coping skills that mm. I could share. Poor Ludo. I'm really excited to see where Ludo ends up. And also, a fun thing about the movie is they don't talk about Starko at all. No. They don't even address the fact that Star had said, hey, you're right, totally have a crush on you. Bye. And leaves. And and where's Jackie Lynn? This whole time, he's yep. been in Muni for days. Where's Jackie Lynn? Where are his where's parents? Where's Jack- anyone? Oh, my goodness. So where's Jackie Lynn at the beginning? Like, he apparently jumped full into star because she left she said i love you she left and it starts the movie with him like (laughs) decorations are still up yeah it's because like if she comes back i don't want anything to have changed so he's just crying into nothing because he can't find a cereal and then stars looking at him through some like looking spell and just like it's behind the dog food it's behind the dog food and so it's not like they don't have that conversation. They don't have the like, what did you mean? How do I feel? How do you feel? Which was awesome. Are you still dating Jackie? Yeah. It was just, well, I'm going to punch a hole to this lizard heart because I love Star so much. And that and doesn't again, have to mean like... It's- I think I, I'm really excited about hopefully that it's all like going to continue to be platonic for, mm. for Marco. Like like I said, I'm I am down with Mackie. Did we decide Jarko? Jarko. I, I think. don't know what we called it, but I really I really am like okay. So Jacqueline's pretty cool. Marco's pretty cool. They're both humans, but obviously like Star is important to him. Marco's important to Star. Let that be. Let that be. Mm-hmm. Just a platonic deep love. It doesn't have to be romantic. Doesn't have to be dating girls. You don't have to get a boyfriend to be cool. Any final thoughts on the movie? Anything else to add? I don't have a whole m- more thoughts. I'm going to be honest. A whole more thoughts. I don't have a whole more thoughts. I have like parts of parts more of thoughts. thoughts. Well, I don't. Again, we just want to review, tell you like blips of what happened, but we want you to watch it. We want... Definitely. Yeah. Because it is super good. It's so good. Um... If you haven't started, I mean, if you're starting with this episode right now as a parent, go back, watch season one with your kids. It's on Hulu. Watch season two, like let all ages of kids, I feel, if they're interested, if they're cognitively able to watch this show and watch a storyline, this is worthwhile. And sitting there as a parent, it is worthwhile. Yeah, it's legitimately funny. It is just adult enough with out losing the kids it's childish enough without losing the adults it is well done very very well done if you're just you know a childless adult who's into things like adventure time and steven universe and voltron and whatever cartoons that we're going to be good things yeah if you're just into good things that happen to be animated watch it yeah watch it it's very good um, this week we actually did get a a Twitter suggestion no for shit. the movie minute. We I could not find a copy of it, and I but I will for our next episode, first season of Ultron. So excited! But actually, uh, Chris McRae, the gentleman who did our opening intro, follow him at lots of stuff, Bandcamp, Chris McRae Vox, and his website McRaeCompositions.com. But he tweeted at us to watch Titan AE. 
And I'm so excited. That is an excellent suggestion. It's, oh my God, I don't even know how to describe it. It's been so long since I saw it. It was that period of time where like Treasure Planet came out. I know. It sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like I've seen it, but I don't. Yeah. But so we'll watch it. Um, We'll have our thoughts, our movie minute next episode, Fultron Season 1. The cool thing, the changing it up is that Eric can't get me to watch it. So I'm going to be on Team Listener trying to figure out what it is that is so great about Voltron that Eric's got a super mega weird Voltron boner right yeah. now. So I, I'm so excited for her to watch it. She's probably going to hate it, but we're not going to love every episode or every show we watch. That's not what we do. This isn't our just like fan, <laughs> fangirl and boy podcast. We're here for you parents and adults who watch cartoons. Sure. Totally are. Yeah. Totally here for you, man. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Check us out next week, Monday, when we will have Voltron Season 1.